Hi, welcome to Max XP for RPGs, uh, the podcast where I talk about RPGs, but also whatever the frick else I want. Um, so, question, how the frick did you find me? <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you're kind of tuning in now and you haven't listened to previous episodes or whatever, um, I just kind of do this for fun. I don't really, you know, do it to make money or do it to... Um, enlighten anybody, I just don't really have anybody to talk to about all the things that interest me, so, um, here we are. Uh, so, um, today, I want, well, let me start off with uh, what I'm playing, right? So, I've, I've kind of been trying to take a break for, um, you know, for the holidays and stuff, uh, but, you know, I just kind of, you know, Still been getting bored, so I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll do a podcast or two while I'm just kind of hanging around. And again, for those who don't know, I don't really have a schedule for podcasts because, again, I just kind of do it whatever I feel like. And, uh, yeah, so um, it's snowing outside, so, and I am at work, but since it's snowing and I'm here literally in the building by myself. I'm not exactly expecting anybody to kind of, you know, pop in through the door, at least not for a while, <clears throat> not until the weather clears up. So, um, so a couple things I want to talk about before I get into the topic. First, what I'm playing, and that actually is going to become the topic. Um, so, I got um, the Skya 6 for Christmas, which actually, it, it turns out it's pretty dang fun. I just, I, I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around it a little bit because it's very different from what I'm used to but um, I ended up uh, you know I finished the Kingdoms of Amalore before Christmas and then kind of gave a couple days kind of see what I got and tried this guy a six and then for some reason I got like an inkling to pick up Bravely Default 2 again which when I first tried it I, I I'm really bizarre in that um, when I first play a game like if I'm not like uh, in a if I'm not in a certain frame of mind, so to speak, uh, when I first pick it up um, to to enjoy that style of game, then I'm probably not going to enjoy it. The problem with Bravely Default 2 is when it first came out, I <laughs> the only thing I wanted to play was something that had, was something that was surrounding samurai, which I know is weird, but like. You know, I picked up Bravely Default 2, and it's very Western, you know, very Western medieval in the style, um, in, you know, in its art style and in its gameplay style and, like, you know, the kind of, fan it's, you know, medieval fantasy. So it didn't quite speak to me at first. I really liked it. It's a really fun game, but I, I dropped it, and then I just got a random inkling. They're like, you know what, I'm going to pick it back up and give it a shot again. And I'll go more into that in just a second, but... Uh, um, no, another thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, I finished the second season to Witcher 2 and honestly I liked the way it ended but I'm like super annoyed <laughs> at everything else <laughs> like um, like Henry Cavill kills it as Geralt Anya Shalatra is um, like she's growing more into Yennefer more and more and uh, Freya Allen is, yeah, she's definitely Siri. And they even got the uh, the ashen, the ash blonde hair 
for for her because you can kind of see a little bit of gray because that's what Ciri's hair color is in the books is ash blonde which is which is almost a gray and um, there's an actual reason but there's an actual reason for that because Geralt's hair is is uh, is white Jennifer's hair is black and uh, Ray uh, sorry Raven black is how it's described in the books so Ciri was supposed to be kind of like the the middle ground between the two so she had gray hair um anyway so they, they nailed a number of things but like one of my favorite characters from the books um gets killed in like the same episode he shows up in which is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen because in the in the books and in the games he was such a talented um he he was a witcher he was such a talented witcher that he was on par with Geralt, even, like, if Geralt didn't have the extra mutations, uh, and extra potions and stuff like that, uh, done to him, um, this other particular witcher would have been the best witcher in the world, but because Geralt had the extra mutagens, uh, that ended up, that, that's what turned his hair white, um, he became the best witcher, but this guy is either on par or just below. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just annoyed that they kind of killed him off, like, right from the get-go, because he was a major character in the books. Um, and the other thing that was weird to me was how many witchers there were. And in the books, the only witchers that were in Kaer Morhen when Geralt showed up in the Blood of Elves was, uh, obviously Vesemir, Lambert, Eskel, and Cohen. They were the only ones that had, that, that had survived at that time. Uh... And Leon as well, but Leon's not exactly a major character. He's not even from the uh, from the school of the wolf. He just kind of pops in whenever he decides to pop in. But anyway, there, um, I don't know. Like that's the thing that bothered me the most. But also the fact that like a lot of the things that happened in season two had nothing to do with what happened in the books. And in fact, one of the one of the first scenes. Um, and I, I, Lord of the Rings did this too, so I don't, I'm not faulting it for that. But the sequence in which it happened is was weird. Um, the the first episode, Geralt goes and sees an old friend that it had turned to a monster. Um, in the books, that was a short story that happened in, um, in I, I believe it was the Last Wish. Uh, and that was one of the most interesting stories because um, Geralt had never met that monster before. He was just kind of popping in because. It was, you know, it was a place to stay, and he didn't think anybody was there, and then the monster shows up, and um, Geralt doesn't have any inclination to kill him, because he doesn't sense any evil. And so the two actually, because the monster is actually intelligent, and was, used to be a human, but got cursed for doing something absolutely awful, um, he and Geralt have, have a conversation, and the conversation in the book is so intellectual and so intelligent I guess that would be saying the same thing twice. Anyway, it's such an intellectual conversation, and just the problem with modern-day films is they're they're not intellectual at all. There is no intelligence written in those scripts. It's just, and I don't know if they're like, well, we need to modernize a little bit. Modernizing doesn't mean stupefying. <laughs> like, the, people can have a thorough, engaging, and um, intelligent conversation but still spoken in the modern tongue, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So that, that, yeah, I don't know. 
uh, some things in Witcher Season 2 really bothered me. Just because a lot of the things that happened in Season 2 did not happen in the books. There was so much filler. And compared to the book, I don't know. No matter how you look at it, compared to the book, the, the Netflix series has, has gotten nothing. Like, it's just, it's not as intelligently written. Which is astounding because the book is is written. <laughs> You'd think they just pull the dialogue and update it a little bit um, from the book in into the show, but uh, apparently that's asking too much because I guess modern day writers just think they know better. I don't know. I don't get it. But uh, honestly, just just read the books. The Netflix series is not that good. <laughs> I, the actors all kill their parts, but the writing is, is terrible. Uh, anyway, so I'm done with my rant on that. So um, I want to talk about Bravely Default 2. And um, so if you haven't played a Bravely Default game, um, if you've played Octopath Traveler, it's made by the same guys. Uh, it's just uh, 3D and like completely 3D. And uh, it kind of built like an old-school JRPG. Like, you know, you, you wander around this big overworld. Um, you go to different towns, and uh, there's dungeons and boss fights. And um, the, the combat is turn-based, but it uses two very unique mechanics. One is the, the Brave system, where you can use up more than one turn at one time. So essentially, you're instead of just using one turn... You can, you can use the Brave system and use multiple turns at once. Or the default system, which puts you in a, puts your character in a defensive stance, but adds a turn. So, um, so when the next round comes around to that character, you have what are called Brave points. You can spend Brave points without going into the negatives. So, and I'll explain that in just a second. Without, yeah, use Brave points without going into the negatives and use more than more than one turn by using the brave system so explaining kind of going in the negatives for the brave points if you if you're if you don't have any brave points saved up by defaulting like going into your defensive stance um, then and you want to use more than one turn it gets really risky because um, you go into the negatives and however many negatives you have and you can go down to negative two that's how many turns you have to wait until your character can act again. So if you default, and you can default up to three times, you get up to three uh, brave points. Um, once you have three brave points, you can spend all of those points and essentially act in four turns at once. But if you just, yeah, if you just, oh no, you can go negative three, I think, in the, in the default points. But if you don't have any brave points saved up, um, Again, you're taking a risk of just not, of just, um, essentially making your character a, a target, <laughs> like just turning them, turning them into a punchy bag for a couple of rounds. So it's really strategic, and I really like the turn-based battles anyway because there's always a little bit of strategy in there. You have to figure out weaknesses. You have to figure out, um, like, do I have, do I, can I, can I buff my characters right now? Do I need uh, so many healers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, this adds a new element in that you have to figure out, okay, can I, do I have enough power in my characters to just end this battle here if I just burn through turns? 
So I don't have to go more than one round. I can just finish it here. Um, or, and especially in boss fights, um, like, do do I have enough? Do I have high enough defense for both magic and um, physical to take a couple of hits so I can build up my um, my uh, brave points and um, use my use a couple of brave points, I guess, to for um, my uh, my clerics to heal the party and then dish out some damage and then go back to the same routine over and over. It's it's such an interesting um, it's such an interesting idea for a mechanic because you have no idea <laughs> like what's you know what's going to be the best route to take at least at first. And one thing, uh, Resident Arc is one of my favorite, um, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, Dark Pixel, I guess, is the um, the thing that Mike usually goes by. Anyway, or used to anyway. Uh, but it, he he pointed out that this is like this is like an old school JRPG that that uh, um, that is definitely suits his flavor. And similar to me, it definitely suits my flavor too. It's got a, it's got some good strategy. It's got some challenge. It's got the that old school JRPG vibe, where you're you know wandering from town to town. There's conversations between party members. There's um, you know there there's a, the story is interesting. It's not nothing anything deep, and it's it's a little bit more lighthearted. Like if you're if you, if you're g jumping from something like Shin Megami Tensei Five, where the the story is kind of, you know, deep and dark, and you know, like it can kind of press down on you a little bit, going to Bravely Default Two is is a lot lighter on the shoulders, so it's a little bit easier to bear what's going on there. <laughs> and I, I I I don't know, like uh, Resident Arc, uh, you know, the, the guy that Mike said that he didn't particularly love. Um, the story of Bravely, Bravely Default 2, I think because as a story writer himself, um, he's he's he he I think he prefers kind of having more of a a, a bigger um, I guess a bigger uh, climax, a, a more uh, I don't know like a bigger threat, a bigger problem to really resolve, and that you know that's one thing that I I personally love about old school. Sorry, adjusting stuff here. That's one thing that I personally love about the old Final Fantasies is there. It really felt like there was some uh, there were stakes, and uh, like I mean, in in the case of Final Fantasy VII, if you didn't stop Sephiroth, literally half the world would be obliterated, if not the entire world. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, Klefka was. Klefka was Final Fantasy VI, right? Yeah. Uh, Klefka was a freaking maniac. And in the case of Final Fantasy XII, and again, I'm just jumping through Final Fantasies here, but every Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy XII, if you didn't stop Vayne, then like, pretty much this, he'd, he'd become so, um, how do you put it? Vayne had become so obsessed with power that literally the entire world would be bending at their knees to him, and if they didn't, he would be killing them. So that there's a worldwide threat there, too, in, in the sense of a dictator that's also a, a little bit of a genocidal maniac. Uh, 
Bravely Default 2 doesn't necessarily have those stakes. There's 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 worldwide disasters that are happening. There's definitely stakes there, but the means to resolve those is very simple. And I mean, just getting there is kind of is is what's the challenge, because uh, there's always going to be people in the way. There's you know people that have these, and this is the thing that I think is interesting about Bravely Default 2. There's people that have that have climbed up ranks. Um, in like military or in political sides that have an underlying agenda and they're using um, they're using the, the, the asterisks, the, the crystals um, in order to uh, achieve their goals and to uh, essentially uh, essentially make their agenda a reality and there's almost some parallels to, to to what happens in real life with political leaders and military leaders and stuff like that because they do the same thing but in Bravely Default 2 obviously everything's a little bit more lighthearted but at the same time I do feel like there are stakes involved it's just nothing like so heavy that um, there's just like you get through it and you just you need to, you need a couple days to breathe uh, so um, but the gameplay is really fun. The strategy is a blast. And this is one thing, I actually wrote a review recently um, for a game called Real Boxing 2. And this is the biggest difference that, that I found between playing Bravely Default and playing something indie made like Real, Real Boxing 2 is the music. Now, this isn't always the case. There's so many games out there that have great music. But Real Boxing 2... Um, I couldn't, honestly, when I was getting in, into the boxing side of it, I couldn't even tell that there was music there. There may not have even been music. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, but, like, in Bravely, Bravely Default 2, I remember turning it on and I was in the first town. Right from the get-go, that, mu that music bursts out, and that's the thing that stands out the most. And not only is it um, painting a picture of, of the town itself, it's... Um, I mean, without the music, I can close my eyes and I can I can picture something. So there's there's a little bit of soundscaping there, if you know what that is. Um, l like playing the game with the music in the background, it adds to to the actual area that you're in. So if you're wandering the desert, the music behind is just kind of there's a little bit of a of a desert flavor to it. So as you're wandering the desert, because of the music. It feels like you're actually there. You're actually wandering around. You're seeing these monsters. You're, um, you can see this little oasis town essentially that is flooded, and um, I don't know. The music for Bravely Default 2 is so good because it helps paint the picture, and uh, it's just it's just a solid game. Like if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. There is a demo uh, on the Nintendo Switch eShop. I don't know what else. I don't know if it's any on any other console. I think it's Switch exclusive. Um, but if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. Fair warning, though, it is challenging. But if you like a if you like a good challenge in a video game, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. It's so fun. Characters are fantastic. I I, I adore Gloria. Gloria is such a. I just think she's such a cool character because she's, you know, she's this princess that's, you know, a princess of a fallen kingdom. But at the same time, she has that fighter in her. She has that. Um, she, she has that soldier's fire where she she wants to be in the front line. She wants to be out with with the boys that are, you know, risking their lives. 
she you know she wants to be doing the same thing because she sees it as just as important for the for royalty to step up and um and fight the same battles that the foot soldiers are fighting which i agree with um so characters are awesome um adele has a you see a lot of growth in adele and uh, the main character, Seth, is he's kind of a blank slate. But the reason is because um, Seth is the Seth is the player's um, the player's view. So, so I mean, kind of the same thing as a silent protagonist, but he talks. Um, so, you know, it's it's from his eyes, obviously, that you're going to see and handle everything because you know you play as Seth. Um, and, uh, Oh crap! What's his name? Elvis. I don't know how I forgot that name because Elvis Presley is one of my favorite musicians. Um, Elvis is just an interesting character. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> he's got that? Uh, um, I don't know. He's just he's just got he's just got a lot of personality. He's just a funny, fun, entertaining, um, quirky character. And uh, I mean, he came from uh, he came from a noble birth. Uh, but he's he just kind of decided that wasn't for him, so he just started wandering. And um, I haven't played far enough in the game to kind of figure out what happened. And I'm pretty sure that uh, that that occurs. You know, we're gonna figure out why Elvis is just wandering around. But anyway, great game. If you haven't tried it, give it a shot. And that's all I have for you today. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed. If you uh, haven't played Bravely Default, do it. Or Bravely Default 2. Sorry. Uh, oh, it doesn't have any ties to the previous two games. So Bravely Default and Bravely Default Second Layer. The second layer took place immediately after the story of Bravely, De Bravely Default. Uh, but Bravely Default 2 is kind of its own little thing. So I hope it becomes kind of like you know Bravely Default 2 Second Layer. <laughs> you know, we get we get like an additional, um, just just more to the story, so to speak. So anyway. Hope uh, hope you enjoyed, and uh, we'll see you next time.